Organize Me Radio, Episode 2, Top Tips to Master the Holidays. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson. Welcome to Organize Me Radio. I am here with a special guest, a very special guest, my husband, Eric Goldson. Hello. Thanks for having me, Beeb. Ah, well, you know, anytime. Maybe not. All right. So (laughs) we are talking about uh, tips for the holidays. And I just wanted to chat a little bit with Eric about his love for Thanksgiving. Now, speaking of Thanksgiving, Eric, did you know that nearly 55 million people will be traveling this year, according to AAA? No, I think I may have heard that somewhere before. Can you believe that? That means a lot of people will be expecting company, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Indeed. So why don't you tell me why you like Thanksgiving so much? Why is it your favorite holiday? Well, first, because I like to eat, and it is a feast, and and I love the ceremony surrounding it. I love, uh, in a good Thanksgiving uh, spread, you'll see everything set up nicely, different platters and ornamentation around it, and, you know, there should be a lot of variety to it, and a lot of smells and, and some anticipation as to, you know, what dish you want to try first. And I I like other stuff about it, too. Mm-hmm. Like what? What other stuff do you like about Thanksgiving? I like that different families have different dishes. So I like to compare notes with other people. And I like to think that I'm on... My family does a, a higher level of execution than Thanksgiving, so I love to do that. Our dishes is better than that. I'd say somewhat. I mean, our Thanksgivings are definitely um, international, so mm-hmm. we have a lot of different types of people. We have mm-hmm. a lot of different types of food, mm-hmm. and um, your mother is good at you know bringing out the fine china and mm-hmm. and all that when it comes to Thanksgiving. So. High caliber Thanksgiving, I would definitely say so. Yeah. What is your favorite dish? My mother's sweet potato casserole. So you've got the kind of puree, what would you say, like custard or whatever of the sweet potato? Um, it's pureed sweet potato. Yeah. So similar to what you might get in a sweet potato pie, but not with the pie crust, but there is that praline pecan topping so a nice crispy topping a nice crispy sweet topping and kind of a subtle sweet you know filling for the casserole so maybe that's why it's so good because it's like a sweet potato pie but just without the crust even Mm. though i can't indulge because i can't eat that topping Mm -hmm. uh, but the filling is pretty delicious Mm -hmm. now i have to say i like my mom's uh my mom's yams they are so good she makes it with Uh, orange juice and cinnamon and butter and brown sugar and it's just so good and I don't get to have my mom's food every Thanksgiving but I surely do miss it does she use simply orange orange juice probably now she uses simply orange but this is something that you know I grew up having and it's just it's so good is she making it this year this year my mom works on Thanksgiving so I doubt she's making it Mm. 
So, um, what other dishes do you like? Well, your mac and cheese is great. And I, I like um, pretty much all the versions you've done of it in the past five years or so. But I remember one year you did it with the smoked Gouda, and that was really good. Yeah, so I my mom makes this really good mac and cheese, and me and most of my sisters have um, a modified version of her mac and cheese. So what I like to do is I like to create like a bechamel and put different cheeses in there. Whereas my mom doesn't do the, you know, necessarily do the cream sauce, but I think, you know, I've tweaked my recipe over the years. It's never the same, but it's always good. Always. (laughs) My mom always checks with me. His name is bringing the mac and cheese, right? Yes, mom, of course. All right, so food aside, obviously, we're both greedy when it comes to Thanksgiving. As I've gotten older, I like food more and more, uh, but I definitely don't like food as much as you. Mm-hmm. But so, we always have our Thanksgivings here in Atlanta. Would you ever consider traveling for Thanksgiving and being part of that 55 million people who travel for Thanksgiving? It would have to be like a memorable experience. It would have to be something that I wouldn't normally be able to get because I know that I'm gonna miss out on the foods that I love and kind of like the traditions we've established. So I wouldn't, you know, travel unless it was like a totally new experience that would have just add to me as a person. So where would you travel to? So would you travel domestically or would it have to be like an international type no, travel? No, I would travel domestically. I've never been to Seattle before. I've never been to, you know, uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have to be a place that I wanted to check off. So my dad lives in Seattle, so we can probably make that happen. Chicago, I don't know about that. But we'd really want to micromanage your dad because I don't want to have a whack Thanksgiving feast. So here's the thing. So people who know me know when it comes to events, if there's nobody in charge, I will just go ahead and volunteer and step up and this do is true. it. So, you know, as long as I'm there, it will be a good Thanksgiving. Okay, so Naima, basically, let me tell you a little story to illustrate my biggest fear of what can go wrong in Thanksgiving as far as going to other people's houses or or not going over to my mom's. One year when I was a teenager, we went over to a cousin of of mine's house for Thanksgiving. And we're thinking, this will be great, you know. They're in Atlanta too. Why, Why don't we do this more often for... Pretty much all our life has been our immediate family. And even when there's times that we didn't have money, you know, my mom still put together a nice Thanksgiving because she had the the family heirloom china and she always just took a lot of time and effort to put it together. And so this is our expectation of Thanksgiving because everyone lives in their own bubble, their, their own castle, their own cultural bubble within their family. So this is our expectation of going into Thanksgiving. And so when our cousin tells us, yeah, we'll do it at my house, it'll be great. We're like, oh, okay. So here we are. We dress. Do you want us to bring stuff? No, no, no. Just come. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it'll be fine. What time? 
she doesn't really give us a time. She kind of gives us like a little loose time. Like, oh, okay, but you know the red flags weren't up at that point. So here we are. We get all dressed nice and like little nice sweaters and stuff. My mom gets her makeup and heels on. You know, my my dad even looks nicer than he normally does. <laughs> um, because not only is it Thanksgiving, but we're going to Thanksgiving at someone else's house. So you don't want to show up looking raggedy. Right. So we get over to our cousin's house. I don't even know if anyone answered the door. I mean, it's just so we walk in. No one's around the table. I think some people are upstairs watching TV. Someone's on the on the couch, like laid out. They're already in comas. They already ate. The, the, food, the food looks like it's been laid waste to. There's no type of um, there. The food's in those disposable, you know, aluminum trays that mm-hmm. you can do. So. You know, not only is it picked over and no one's around and people in different houses, you know, there's nothing ceremonial about it. So that's why I said earlier, not only is it just a feast, but it's also the the ceremony and the ornamentation. It has to look look and feel a certain way because if you don't have those things, it's not a holiday. It's just you created a big ass meal. Right. So it's the presentation. Presentation is important because other than that, you just you it's, that's the difference between a holiday and like a, an event and you just cook too much to eat that day. So the presentation, the togetherness, being mindful of the people that you've invited and not eating before everyone gets there. Right. No, I mean, no one came to talk to us. It was just like the cousin who invited us, she talked to us a little bit and everything. And it was just, my mom was so traumatized by that, that experience that she went home and the very next day put together a whole new Thanksgiving for wow. us. Wow. Like top to bottom. It was just, we just weren't going out like that. And I could just tell them, my mom's very polite. She's English, stiff upper lip. She keeps it all to herself. She didn't say anything, but I could just tell by looking at her. She had this pain look on her face. And my dad, you know, it was definitely not his expectation. And, you know, it made, you know, the family, uh, it was his side of the family it made them look bad too because here we are we, we didn't grow up in a tight-knit uh, extended family so here we are trying to you know branch out of our, our out of our bubble and, and this is what we walk into so it was just a disaster and you know it just wasn't what we want I'm not saying that things have to be the way that we do it but I think there should be some bar some level uh, so, some expectation level uh, that you need to meet. And so definitely check with the people that you're going to spend those holidays with and see how they do it and see if you're comfortable with however they do things. Well, hopefully after hearing my tips, no one will have to go through a holiday quite like that. Can't wait to hear those tips. All right. So Thanksgiving aside, <laughs> Let's talk about the holidays in general and some of our favorite traditions. What's your favorite tradition? I like cutting down the Christmas tree uh, with our boys. So we started a tradition a few years ago where we go to a farm here in Georgia in Powder Springs. And we, um, you get like a little saw and you choose your Christmas tree and you can cut down the Christmas tree. And we've been doing that uh, for about three or four years, mm-hmm. would you say? And it's just a fun experience. Um, you know, both of our boys like to be outside and 
They like the experience of cutting down a Christmas tree. And I think that's something that we can just continue to do, um, you know, and then maybe they can pass it on to their kids and, you know, just keep the tradition in the family. I wonder if they, because they give us a saw, I wonder if they would let me use an axe. I feel like that would make it feel more authentic, an axe or a hatchet. But I, I think the axe or the hatchet might be a little dangerous, especially when there's a whole bunch of kids running around. So I think the saw is a little bit safer, maybe. Yeah. That's probably why they give us a saw. And it's a it's kind of like a flimsy little saw, too. Mm-hmm. So it'd be tough for you to mess it up. And it also makes a neater cut on the tree because think about it. We got to stand that thing up. And, you know, I'm not exactly a lumberjack. Neither are the other dozens of people out there. So if we start using hatchets and an axe, we'd probably waste our money. <laughs> okay, so let's let's stop with the hatchet and axe conversation and let's jump to our Christmas party because that is one of my favorite things that we do. So, and, and we just create traditions all over the place. Um, but I actually got engaged to Eric on Christmas Eve in 2009. And then the following Christmas Eve, 2010, we started doing a Christmas Eve party. Sometimes we have friends, sometimes it's just family. It's always pretty small and intimate, but that's one of my favorite traditions, our Christmas Eve party. What do you think about our Christmas Eve party? I think as long as it's, you know, sometimes it can be stressful because when it's when it's just like really close family, like my mom and stepdad, maybe, you know, one other, one or two other people, it's, it's fine. It's pretty low stress. But once we start getting out into kind of like uh, good friends, then there's more pressure to put out a nice event. And some years, like this one in particular, I'd rather not do much. So, you know, it kind of just depends on where we are that, that year at that time. Uh, you know, certainly some years I would rather us to keep it to exclusively family. So, but here's the thing. Eric and I both like to entertain, right? Whenever we have an event at our house, Eric is always serving up drinks. He's always trying to get people drunk. We typically come up with a signature cocktail, which is always fun. And it's always festive, too, around the holidays. But Eric is always there being the life of the party, trying to make everyone have a good time and just trying to get everyone drunk. Me, I'm more so the presentation. So I like for everything to look pretty. I like to have a good spread. We both like to have good food there. Mm -hmm. And one thing I really appreciate appreciate about our parties is that we don't make people take their shoes off. Blasphemy. No, of course they shouldn't take their shoes off. It's a party. We're not having a sock hop. We're not <laughs> We're not having a couple people over to watch the game. It's a party. Like it's it's different if someone's coming to your house to, you know, I don't I don't know. I guess just sit around the TV or something. But if you're like having an actual event and you like take the time out to clean up your house and then you put out a spread of food and you plan out drinks and you and you're telling people you give an invitation. So that means if you give someone an invitation, chances are they're going to put on some nice clothes. Mm -hmm. And when they show up to make them take off their shoes, like what are we doing here? Is this 
am I in my sweats or am I in nice clothes? And if I'm in nice clothes, I'm not trying to take off my shoes and scoot around your house. <laughs> Here's what I think. Unless it's a pajama party, there's no reason to make people take off their shoes. So thinking about etiquette, if you're having a party, do not expect people to take off their shoes. If you want people to take off their shoes in your home, don't host an event. Perhaps host an event somewhere else. Like you can go and rent out a place and and then, you know, not worry about taking off your shoes or making sure others take off their shoes or not wanting people to track in snow or rain or mud or whatever in your house. Or if you do have something at your house, perhaps just mop the floor afterwards sweep right. the floor vacuum and and that's the argument it's always that but i don't know what people are trekking into my house i don't want all i'm like hold on first of all when did your floor become that important second <laughs> of all this germaphobic culture is just getting out of hand i don't even know i don't think there are that many germaphobes to be honest i think and i could be wrong but i think it could just be pure laziness people just not wanting to clean after people come over i think that's what it has to do with and i believe if you're hosting an event host an event be a great host don't expect people to take off their shoes and that's it and really what i've noticed is when we do have people over people go to extreme lengths to wipe off their shoes extensively at the door they're like you know wipe wipe it off on the doormat then you know there's usually we have like a, another mat like right inside the door. They wipe it there too and they take their time wiping it. And it's like, it's fine. Come on in the house already. <laughs> like you're good. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I feel like, I think it's selfish. Like if you're hosting an event, you're th- if you're thinking about the floor that much, you're being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would hope, I would hope people have other things to worry about than people tracking you know, up their floors. And, you know, I got to be honest, you know, most of my friends who have said that, I'm sorry, their their houses can't be that nice and their floors can't be that nice. Like, what are you, like, if we can walk around the Louvre with shoes on, if we can walk around church with shoes on, you know, if we can walk around multi-million dollar buildings with church, certainly we can walk around your Berber carpet or your laminate floor or just regular flooring, just suck it up and cl- it's it's annoying it's just this culture of like taking off your shoes now it's just getting out of hand it's just if you're gonna host something be a re- be a host go all the way with it now if you guys agree with us or not let me know on uh the different social media platforms all right so eric tell me what's another thing you wish people did when they're hosting you i think people should always be conscious of how much ice is around because I feel like having good drinks is essential especially when you have a mixed crowd you know everybody won't know each other so you want to get that social lubricant going you want to get those drinks going (laughs) and so be conscious of you know our I always think having an extra bag even if you have an ice maker go ahead and pick up an extra bag of ice because you know you never know that what the ice maker is going to run out or maybe you want to put some stuff on chill. Uh, so having one or two extra bags of ice is essential. And then when you do that, think about where's that ice going to go as far as receptacle. I mean, a push comes to shove. If it's like a, a very 
low-key event and it's people you're very familiar with i guess you could rip open the bag and put it in the sink that's that's if it's super casual but so think about where is that ice gonna go what ice is for chilling what ice is for serving and when you are serving it make sure you have that a spoon or a cup that's just for or or a scoop that's just for scooping that ice <laughs> i didn't know we could have such a long conversation about ice <laughs> well you know it's a lot of times people don't think about you know certain things um and i think sometimes what ends up getting the short end of the stick is the drink and specifically how that drink is served and you know so a lot of times people for you germaphobes out there that don't want people <laughs> tracking shoes in, think about how that ice is going into your cup. So, you know, okay, so you have to have good food, good drink, good company. But I feel like another thing that people forget to do is to make sure to keep your guests entertained. And I hate going to an event when there's nothing to do and I'm just kind of sitting around, twiddling my thumbs, making, you know, awkward small talk. So maybe playing a game or having good music so people get up and dance and what do you think? You're big on the games. I I think as long as there's food, well, as long as there's good music and the drinks are flowing, people will kind of naturally, uh, you know, be entertained. I don't but, know. I think it depends because because if it's someone who's not as outgoing as you or someone who doesn't just go up to people and talk, they kind of need to be kind of pulled out of it. So then you have those icebreakers, like if you play some kind of game or if you just do something to get all the people involved, then everyone's in there and socializing. Right. But see, I guess I just think of me as the host. I always make it a point to go around and either make sure people are drinking or maybe get them to take shots or make them a drink that they like. What do you What do you want? What are you drinking? Or I, you know, I make sure I talk to those people who need to be brought out of their shell a bit. And that's and that's a great way to be a host. So thank you, Eric, for joining me. And stay tuned for my top tips on mastering the holidays. I can't wait. <laughs> tell you about my top five tips to master the holidays. Tip number one, declutter and deep clean. When I have guests, I want them to be as comfortable as possible. And this means making sure the room they are staying in is dusted and vacuumed with clean linens on the bed. You can even add a nice welcome basket for their stay just to add a cute little touch. The closet should be fairly empty just in case your guest needs to hang clothes or store other items like their luggage or if they want it to fold clothes. The bathrooms should be stocked with enough toilet paper, clean towels, and soap. Take a look around the rest of the house and make sure it's presentable. Having holiday company is a great reason to declutter and tackle some of the tasks you've been putting off. And hey, if you don't have time to do it, hire a professional. Tip number two, Decorate for the season. 
Seasonal decor puts everyone in the right frame of mind and in a good mood. It can be a simple wreath on the door or a beautiful place setting. I love to involve my kids in the process. So this can be creating a seasonal centerpiece or allowing them to decide where the decorations will go. I remember a few years ago, my oldest son, Ethan, who is eight, he and I made a wreath and we still have it and we still use it every year. You can also set the mood with scented candles or a plug-in air freshener that just makes you think about the holidays, whether it's pumpkin, apple, or vanilla scented. Tip number three, create a schedule. When I went to Paris a few months ago with my husband, Eric, my sister, Alicia, and her husband, Vince, I created an itinerary for all of us. And it was a week long stay. So I listed what we would do on which day, which was very helpful because I knew I was going to Versailles on Wednesday and the Eiffel Tower on Thursday. So do the same for your holiday guests. When you have guests, you should expect to really entertain them. Make sure they have options on things to do daily, whether it's an activity or if it's an event. If kids will be present, make sure they have fun things to do. So maybe visit the zoo or a trampoline jumping place. If it's just adults, perhaps you can schedule a brunch or a night out on the town. I know when I go to visit people, I expect them to show me around and to entertain me. So make sure you do that for your guests as well. Tip number four, plan the meal ahead of time. Create a menu for your holiday dinner, then assign items for people to bring. You wanna make sure there's enough food and drink for everyone. You also wanna make sure there isn't too much of one thing and not enough of the other, like too many desserts and not enough sides. Also, you don't want cousin Keisha to bring the macaroni and cheese when you know good and well Keisha can't cook. So perhaps you should just assign her to bring the patty pie and do as much cooking as possible the day before because it'll just make the actual holiday much easier. Tip number five, just enjoy the day and make new memories. Don't get so wrapped up in cooking and other things that you don't take the time to enjoy the actual holiday. Make memories with your family and friends. You can watch football or my personal favorite Hallmark movies, or you can play games and just have fun. Do as much as possible days before so you won't rush to get things done at the end. And those are my tips for mastering the holidays. Be sure to join me next week with an all new episode of Organize Me Radio. And in the meantime, you can follow me on all social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube as Restore Order Professional Organizing. You can find me on Twitter as at Restore Order and on Instagram at Neems underscore Organizes. And remember, get organized, go further. You're listening to Organize Me Radio. I'm Naima Ford Goldson. Mm-hmm.